I'm Michael Hogan. You're listening to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. <laughs> I didn't agree with it at all because of the history of Thai. What is happening? I mean, I know I'm going insane. Oh, frack. Now I'm hearing music. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica, and this is episode 68. I'm Brian, and in this episode, we have my interview with Michael Hogan. Before we get to that, just a few housekeeping notes. Our website is galacticaquorum.com. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. We have a voicemail. That is 301-358-5175. You can follow us on Twitter. Our account name is Galactica Quorum. We also have a page on Facebook. And you can visit our website where we have forums that talk about Battlestar and other sci-fi shows. This episode is preceding our podcast about the episode Deadlock. That will come out later this week. I want to remind everybody that we recently posted our interview with Richard Hatch. That's one in a line of interviews we've done. Check them out. We've also talked with Eric James Olmos, Timo Pennicott, Mark Shepard, Nikki Klein, James Callis, and Aaron Douglas. We don't just interview the actors, though. We've also talked with Alex Ponovic, who actually was an actor on the show, but he also did fight coordinating on BSG. And coming up from the weekend that we were at the BSG prop auction, I have interviews that I did with Glenn Campbell, the costume designer of BSG, Ken Haraloo, the prop master, and Kevin Grazier, the science advisor. So that will be coming up in a few weeks as well. For this interview, this also occurred at the BSG prop auction in Pasadena. Michael Hogan was there and besides being at the prop auction, joined us at the BSG cast frack party. Just a very engaging, fun guy to be around. And in fact, this interview got off to a great start when he bought me a beer and we sat down outside and just started talking about Battlestar and his role as Saul Ty. So without further ado, let's roll into it. First of all, thank you very much for the beer. I, uh, My absolute pleasure. And like I say, keep your eye on it, man. Yeah. I didn't think I drank that much. <laughs> so I am here with Michael Hogan, mm-hmm. Colonel Ty of Battlestar Galactica, and we're at the prop auction for Battlestar. You were just presented with a nice little box. It yes. had a lot of your special props in it. Yeah, that it had blew your... my small mind. I couldn't believe it. That was totally unexpected. It had your flask, the eyepiece. In it, had my flask, my uh, flight pins, um, my eye patch. Of course. And Well, because we were in a hurry to get out of there, I didn't really take a good long look. And, and my uh, insignia, shoulder patch, mm-hmm. from my uh, duty blues. Mm-hmm. It's a good word, a duty blues. Yeah. yeah. Duty blues. Do you feel like one of those pieces in particular is the most visually iconic of your character in the first the patch, half of the series? The eye patch. There's no question. Yeah. It, it would be. But prior to that, it would be the flask. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was amazed. I mean, the eye patch isn't in this auction. And I mm-hmm. thought, hmm, eye patch. When they asked if I would come down to do publicity for this, they said I could pick an item to mm-hmm. for auction. And I, because they surprised me with the question, I said the eye patch. And uh, they said, well, that's not for auction in this go-round, whatever that meant at the time. So the liquor bottle hmm. I chose, as opposed to the flask, because the flask, you know, that's, that's sort of... Uh, Ty carried a lot of guilt along the times he carried that flask, as opposed to the bottle, which was my constant co-star in the show, and it was my most reliable friend in the show. It never let me down. <laughs> and 
and I shared that bottle with with so many amazing people in the show. So that's why I picked it. It hasn't been up for auction yet. Now those are iconic props, but when I think of an iconic scene for a tie, the one that really just sticks in my mind is the death scene with Ellen. I, yes. I just thought that was just a fabulous performance by you. It, you felt such raw emotion for it. And yeah. your remembrance of that scene and how you prepared or... It was almost no acting required in, in that scene. Because of the circumstances that the writers made it happen, we were behind enemy lines. It was during battle that someone gave information to the enemy. We are evacuating and we can't take prisoners with us. The person who gave that information and was collaborating with the enemy happened to be my wife, Ellen Ty. Uh, she had to be killed, and um, I had to do it. That's the brilliance of the writing. And, of course, it was emotionally, uh, you know, like I say, no acting required because of the circumstances. The acting required in situations like that is concentration. The thing about film acting, you have to do it with so many people around you. You have to do it with people yelling, hurry up to different members of the crew. You have to do it under really distracting circumstances. It's to stay focused. I will say that I had, um, I'm the easiest guy to get along with, easiest guy in Canada to get along with, but uh, for that scene, I did kind of take a bit of a strip off the AD because he would call me and he'd say we're set up and I'd leave my Winnie and I'd walk right out of my Winnie right onto set and then they wouldn't be quite ready. So I would stand up and leave and I don't do that. You go, Hogan, what's going on here? I said, do not, do not call me until you are ready to say roll camera. Don't call me. And I went into my trailer and um, actually, I don't tell people this, but I, there is a um, song on Lorena McKinnett's album, Elemental, that is sung by an old friend of mine called Cedric Smith, and that song is Carrick Fergus. I don't know if you know the song, but if you can certainly Google it and listen to that song. I played that song in my trailer and then uh, went in because it helped me stay absolutely focused in that moment of the time. It's a wonderful, the best, finest rendition of that song. So the, the, I, there's no acting required except for concentration in that scene. I have to ask you about the final five. It's no secret that you've been vocal, I guess, about your opposition to being yeah. uh, the silent. And it's, yeah. it's asked you a lot. But now at this point, have you come around at all? And I guess the question acting-wise would be, what internally did you change about the way you're performing once you found out that you were this other character, yeah. really? Yeah, that's interesting. I guess I have been vocal because I've been asked this question over and what was your reaction to, to uh, being um, told that uh, you are a Cylon by the writers. I didn't agree with it at all because of the history of Thai. I thought it was cheap. There had apparently been a poll on the internet prior to this of who of all of the cast members who have ever been on Battlestar Galactica, who is the most uh, or least likely to be a Cylon. And... Um, I was second from the last on that list of who would be a Cylon. So when Ron Moore and, and the staff uh, said, here, you're going to be a Cylon, I felt for one, that's cheap. That's, that's sensationalism. That's the easy way out. But this is at the end of the um, third season. So at the end of the second season, they, when they wanted to send me down to New Caprica, I did not agree with that decision whatsoever. 
And when I'd heard about that, I happened to be reading, because as you know, I'm a research-heavy guy. Uh, I happened to be reading a, a book called Seize the Fire that had just come out, which was a wonderfully researched book about the Battle of Trafalgar. And I was amazed reading that book at the similarities between the people aboard those ships and the people aboard ships like Battlestar Galactica. They are career warriors that go out to sea for years at a time. When they return to, in this case, England, they go home to their farms they make sure that the families are together, they have more kids, and they go off to protect that very way of life. And that's what Saul Ty's job is. And he knows that. He doesn't have a home that he goes back to. He's there to protect people. And then to take him out of that, Saul would not do that. But Ron was adamant about it. And, of course, away we went. And look at the arc they gave me down on New Caprica. I'm so proud of that work that uh, we did with those episodes, the suicide bombings, discussions, etc. That, to me, is one of the finest uh, pieces of work. So when they come up with the Cylons, and I do express my disagreements with it, well, I, I can't, I have to go along with them. As an actor, Saltai is in constant pain. He's in constant emotional pain. He's in constant physical pain. He will be walking down a hallway and be dizzy on any given day. He never wakes up well because of his alcohol and because of what they call nowadays the post-traumatic stress uh, and because of the torture. So my approach as an actor is when I start hearing this music, I just think it's Saul. Oh, frack, now I'm hearing music. So I, well, that's not surprising, right? It was, and it was also like in the research was, I guess it's like manic depression or, or schizophrenia. So it's all a mental situation that I'm dealing with before I find out that, oh, I'm supposed to be a Cylon. And if you notice in those early episodes, I never accept it mm -hmm. until, you know, you kind of go, whoa, I guess, in the case, if this is the case, I am a Cylon. But if the writers wrote... For me to say I am a Cylon, just casual, I never said it. I would change that, and I would call and go, I won't say this. I won't put that into words to anybody. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that uh, now, oh, that's great, I'm really happy it went that way, but I'm certainly not dissatisfied. <laughs> yeah. Like you say, Ty just always was beat up. And speaking of beating up, he seemed to get punched a lot. Did you yeah. ever say, enough with the punishment, either let, give him a break or can I hit someone for once? seemed like uh, it was just raining on him all the time. No, I don't think I ever said, here, come on, uh, <laughs> give me a break here. That's just the nature of, uh, of the beast. No, no, I never wanted them to do. Well, they did let that. you have uh, love interests that who's going to complain. So maybe that was their, uh, their payback. Right? I guess you're referring to the love interest of Caprica <laughs> yes. six. Yes. Or I, Ellen. We free about them, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ellen. Yes. And Caprica 6 was interesting. I, I was I couldn't figure out why they were having me go and have this relationship with number six. And but I figured out when Saul Tai realizes that this whole thing about being a Cylon in the early part of it, well what do I do? The only Cylon I know that I have access to, there happens to be one in the brig. <laughs> So I can't stop thinking about that Cylon in the brig. So I go down often. I feel compelled to go down and open the door and, and just look at her and ask questions. So what do you think? How do you feel? Are you hungry? Tell me anything. That's how I, I keep, why I keep going back to her. Do you feel anything? Do you feel guilt? Do you, do you feel pain? 
that's the only way I can go and get any answers. Although I'm never sure when I get down there what I want to know or why I'm here. Because she keeps saying, oh, you're here again. Uh, you're here again. Oh, so soon. Well, never mind. It's so soon. Uh, it's got nothing to do with it. What are you doing? Uh, and and obviously the relationship develops because when she morphs into Ellen in, in front of my eyes, well, you can see by Saul's reaction is, well, what next? I mean, I've been through all this. Now I hear music. Now this happens. Now there's Ellen. I mean, is this Ellen? Is what is happening? I mean, I know I'm going insane. But what are you doing? And but I keep getting sucked in because God, there's Ellen. There's Ellen. And so, and also, I thought, you know, sometimes I go back to just even if I'm insane, and and if I'm imagining this, how wonderful that is when I go into that break and see her, even if she is a, a figment of my imagination, even if I'm hallucinating her. Wow, give me more of those drugs and I'll go and hang out with her. Man. So that's what keeps me going back. And then relationship develops the way it develops. You know? That's great. Yeah. When they tell you your eye is going to be removed or yeah. whatever, and I've heard you say before that that takes away half of your expression as an actor because you're losing some of your tools. Yeah. Do you have any kind of say as if, say, like, well, at least we'll make it this side or... or yeah, I got I got to choose which side, but and I I chose the side just visually. It had nothing to do. I mean, for looking at me, what I look like. I have a gentle side and and a rugged side to my face. I was in a car accident. I've had a lot of stitches in my head for various reasons, hockey accidents and uh, things like that. But I went through the windshield of a car at one point. So one eye is, if you look at the one eye, is gentle, and the other eye is rough. So um, that's why I chose the patch to be on the side that, that it was. Yeah. yeah, that was my choice, but it had nothing to do with vision. Okay. Visuals, not vision. <laughs> yeah. Thank Great. you very much. Yeah. I want to thank Michael Hogan again for talking with me. And he doesn't do a lot of con appearances, but he was at Dragon Con last year. He was at the prop auction in January. And he sure seemed to have a good time. So I think he might be showing up at more. And if he does go to one, catch him at one if you can, because he's quite a character. So that will wrap up this episode. Again, we'll be discussing the Battlestar episode Deadlock in our next episode. Until then, you can email us at gquorum at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at 301-358-5175. The jump clock is running. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, I told them to meet me in the bar, so um, they probably don't realize this is the bar. <laughs>